Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Lots to get to today, including a recap of last Thursday's Dread Scott Open and a quick look ahead to this weekend's, or I should say an update on this weekend's match play masters. So let's talk about last Thursday night. It was a warm night. It was a windy night which I think did have an effect on a lot of shots. In fact, I don't think I know it had an effect on a lot of shots. You were the ones out there. Matt Wyman is your champion. That's his second victory joining uh, Daryl Hummany and Sean Brown as the only other Puttcraft players to win two events. Um, He was, uh, I mean, he dominated. Let's be honest. He won by five strokes. Tom Loftus came in second place at one under par. A 95 for Mr. Loftus. Anthony Dunkel came in third place at two over par. A tie for third with Sean Anderson and Sean Brown. Uh, Dominique Ling, newcomer in sixth place at three over par and a tie for sixth place with Nick Noble. Um, Robin Schwartzman in eighth place at four over par. Nick Noble, a newcomer as well, and a course record holder at Dred Scott as well now with a 44 beating Bill and Bo Brower's previous record. Uh, Robin Schwartzman, uh, four over par in eighth place. Sam Lapidat in sixth over par in ninth place. In a tie for 10th place, Brady Storhoff and Matt Langer, unfortunately, Brady Storhoff's consecutive streak of uh, aces comes to an end at seven. Rick Lestico in, uh, I believe, 12th place. I, I always do this. Once I get into the ties, I, I kind of mess it up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 12th place for Rick Lestico. I was doing so good, too. At 9 over par. 13th place for Daryl Hummany at 10 over par. Uh, a tie for 14th. Uh, so a 14th, 15th place for Josh Benet, or Benish and John Maddening. 16th place for Adam DeVore at 12 over par. 17th place, Brian Bleckinger at 14 over par. Ryan Vermeer at... Um, 17th place at 16 over par. I, I, I'm getting this a little bit mixed up now. I apologize. Let's just, let's do it this way. Ryan Vermeer, 16 over par. Connor Lestico, 21 over par. Dan Wesley, 23 over par. B. Bleckinger, 51 over par. Um, so that uh, we had a, it was a 21 player field. So B in 21st, Dan in 20th, Connor Lestico in 19th, Ryan Vermeer in 18th, Brian Bleckinger in 17th. Okay, lots to get to here. Our ace percentage. Uh, I took a look at last year's uh, event, and I, I wanted to compare them apples to apples. Uh, and course conditions, I believe, were a little bit better last year. There wasn't that 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 fierce wind blowing the ball all over the pla- all over the place. Sixty-seven percent ace percentage. Um, or excuse me, point six six seven percent ace percentage, um, or average aces per player. Um, uh, 0.58 this year, 0.58% average aces per player last year. So, uh, averaging essentially under one ace per player. Um, this year we had a couple people with two, Brian Bleckinger with two, Robin Schwartzman with two, Nick Noble with two, um, Anthony Dunkel with two, and Matt Wyman with two last year. Again, 0.588. We'll get to a few more stuff on the ace stuff here. Kind of interesting. This year's uh, BE percentage was 25% on average. Last year was 21%. So a nice uh, increase of 4.3% there. 
This year's BEP percentage was 65.9%. Last year's was 61.6%. So a 4.3% percentage point increase there as well. I believe they were both the same. Yeah, look at that. So um, essentially this year we had a stronger field. The conditions were worse, but um, we overcame. So great job, everybody. Um, Brian Blackinger, an ace on one and an ace on 14, uh, were the not only the only aces there this last tournament, but the only aces there ever. Puckraft ever, not ever, ever. Uh, so congratulations, Brian, on that. Anthony Dunkel, an ace on two. The only one this weekend and the only one on in Puckcraft history on hole two. B. Blackinger, hole five, same story. Uh, the only ace this weekend or this past tournament on five and of all time on five. Matt Wyman, the only ace on seven this tournament. There was a couple of aces on seven last tournament. Robin Schwartzman, the only ace on 12 this tournament and the only ace on 12 so far. And Dominique Ling, the only ace on 17, both this tournament and Picant the last tournament as well. So kind of new new records being placed all the time here. One thing that I found kind of interesting is when looking for whole of the year nominees, which we will announce the winner on Friday night, um, there were two obvious ones, of course. And uh, let me pull those up right now so I don't mess it up. One was Robin Schwartzman with the Albatross. I'm going to start calling it Albatross because that's what it technically is. Double Eagle, if you will. Um, on hole three at uh, Lilliput. And then there was Ashley Dimitrov with the ace on hole 10, which I, I can confidently assure you will probably never happen again uh, at Midwest Golf Dome. Those were two very obvious ones. The other three, what I did was I found aces where the average score on that hole was was higher relative to other ones um you know so i i kind of felt like oh this was a unique hole to ace when you when you look at the average score and one of those was tom loftus's ace on hole 15 at dread scott uh which at at, you know as of this time last year what he was the only one who had done it and you know the course average on that or the field average on that hole was actually really high this year we had three aces on hole 15 uh nick noble Sam Lapidat and Matt Langer. So, um, yeah, congratulations to everyone there. Um, some some rookies really showed out, uh, starting with Dominique Ling. Um, he was three over par. Um, he had a five on 15. You know, if he knocks that down to a two like he did on the back 18, um, he'd been in third place. All right, third place. So, um you know, a really, really, really impressive showing for Dominique Ling on what was a very, very difficult course. He went from 52 on this front round to 47 on his back round. So congratulations there. In fact, he had two fives on his front round that I'm sure he'd like to get rid of. Um, and then Nick Noble, who set the course record for 44 on his back 18 after going 55 on his front 18, uh, he had a seven on hole eight, uh, which which really stung the first time around, and then a four on 18. Um, but again, the new course record holder uh, and, and a really, really, really strong rookie performance there from Nick Noble. Um, Sean Anderson, now with, uh, I believe, his second consecutive uh, top five finish. Let me double check, make sure that I am not shorting Mr. Anderson at all. 
That's correct. His second consecutive top five finish. So he is he's been playing very strong and uh, very well. He went forty five fifty three. So a a stronger. I mean, I mean, he 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 initially set the course record on the front eighteen uh, along with uh, Matt Wyman. Again, the old record hold uh, being held by Bill and Bull Brower at forty six. Uh, Matt Wyman came in at forty five. Sean Anderson came in at forty five. Um, and then of course on the back eighteen, Nick Noble uh, took that down. Uh, speaking of Sean, Sean Brown with an eight on Frustration Hill, his first eight of his career, I don't even need to check. I just know it. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. So uh, a frustrating day uh, for Mr. Brown, um, who uh, kept his top five streaks uh, of, of, of uh, going with all of them. You know how many ever events he's played, and I think he's up to 13 now in a row. Um, let me double check that, and I'll start talking a little bit slower. Uh, Sean Brown, yep, 13 consecutive top five finishes for Mr. Brown, so that streak continues. Speaking of streaks, uh, my new favorite streak is Dan Wesley's uh, consecutive streak of 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 unique pants is well intact at five. Uh, unfortunately not the showing that Mr. Wesley was hoping for, uh, finishing in 20th place at 23 over par. This is a tough course. This is a really tough course. Uh, one of the players, and I won't quote him because I don't know if he wants to be quoted, said this is the hardest course on this, on, on, on the circuit. And, you know, I, I think it could go back and forth between this and, and the golf dome, but I, I trust the players. Um, so for now, we'll call it the toughest course. I do think we'll come back later in the season, uh, one time at, at Dred Scott as well and play maybe in, uh, maybe in late August or September. Okay. Um, I want to do, I want to talk just briefly about rookie of the year, uh, because we are going to be, uh, it technically for the 21, 22 awards, uh, player of the year and rookie of the year are the same. I am going to Sean and Joel Brown will be eligible for the 22-23 Rookie of the Year because they made their puttcraft debut on the last night of the league year. So I decided to allow them to be eligible for this year's. Uh, so basically, if you started, if your puttcraft career started at the Pirate Spring Open, you are eligible for next year's uh, Rookie of the Year award as well. Okay. Um. So yes, uh, I love seeing new players come out and uh play really well and i i think you know if you look at both uh ling and noble uh ling shot or, or took five strokes off his second round score noble took 11 strokes off their second round score that's them settling in i think getting to know the course a little bit better uh getting those nerves out of the way um i i, I think that i think that is so vital and i think it's a really 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 good sign um of things to come for those two players. So a great event on, um, on Thursday night. Um, you know, it, 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 like I mentioned, it was a little warm, it was a little windy, but I had a blast and I, I, I hope you did as well too. Okay. Let's take a look at the over under updates. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, instead of doing the lines, we're going to just start doing over unders, which is essentially the league office predicting approximately where they think that player is going to land and then you coming in over the top and uh predicting whether or not they're going to go over that number or under that number and then i'm going to score that i've already done the scoring I'll, I'll be revealing those standings later in the week uh 
kind of interesting. Somebody is uh, somebody had a really good night on on Thursday. Uh, took 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 a lot of money from the house. Anybody who was again, we're not taking bets. Anybody who was late to register did not get on the list because I did it. Um, you know, I posted it Wednesday at noon, and then secondly, anybody who was new was just off. Okay, I didn't I didn't allow any quote unquote uh, bets to take place. So. We'll start at Anthony Dunkel, who came in as the 10th rated player in Puttcraft. He uh, was, his over-under number was 100.5, and, uh, you know, Anthony Dunkel's hot streak continues. He came in under at a 98. Uh, Bethany Bleckinger, or B. Bleckinger, uh, was off. So we did not we did not allow any bets on on her game. Brady Storhoff coming in as the seventh rated player in Puttcraft. Uh, his over under was ninety eight and a half, and he came in over that at one hundred four. Brian Bleckinger came in unranked. Uh, his re- first return trip to Puttcraft in some time uh, came in as an over under of a one hundred and one point five. He came in on the over of that at one ten. Connor Lestico at 105.5. He came in at the over of that of 117. Dan Wesley, the number two ranked player in Puckcraft coming in, came in at a 97.5. He came in or was predicted as a 97.5. He came in over of that at 119. Daryl Hummony, the fourth ranked player in Puckcraft, 99.5. He came in over of that at 106. And Josh Benish came in at one or was predicted at 103, and he came in over at 107. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. I really thought that I had gone too high on a lot of these, and and, and, and a lot of you uh, betters out there thought that I had gone too high on them as well. But I do think the course conditions contributed to, to this, to these higher scores. Matt Wyman. 102.5 comes in a full 12 strokes under at 90. He loves, he plays well when he's been disrespected. He was 10 to 1 odds at Moose Mountain. He won that. He shaved 12 and a half points or strokes off of his over underscore. Just absolutely crushed the under. Nick Noble, of course, was off. Rick Lestico, 104.5. He came in just over the closest one at 105 flat. Robin Schwartzman, 103.5. She came in under at 100. Sam Lapidat, 100.5. He came in over at 102. Sean Brown, 95.5. I don't think there was a single person, I could be wrong, I'd have to go back and double check this, who took the over on Sean Brown. Uh, and he did hit the over. Uh, Sean Brown was a 98. So uh, just a few strokes <sighs> over. Excuse me, my goodness. Uh, Sean Brown came in as the number one ranked player in Puckcraft, of course, too. Tom Loftus, the number eight ranked player, uh, 99 and a half. He hit the under at 95. So congratulations uh, on everybody who made a prediction, on those who came in under. And, you know, congratulations to all of you. Uh, it was a, it, it was a really fun event, and I'm really looking forward to doing these over-unders again in the future. We will not be doing them for this weekend's Match Play Masters, which I'm ready to talk about right now. Okay, this weekend's Match Play Masters, a couple of updates here. 
Friday night, we are not going to be getting together anywhere. We still will be revealing the seeds, and we will also be revealing the winners of the awards. I will probably record the video and post the video as opposed to just recording a podcast. I do think it's important um, that I make a video for this purpose. So seven o'clock Friday night, you'll be able to see where you are um, seated. We will start golfing at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're currently at 10 registrants, registr- registrants. We're going to cap it at 16. Okay, we're also not going to come back on Sunday. Okay, so we're going to make this a one day event. I did the math. We will, we should be. Okay, so let's just say that each round takes an hour, which I don't necessarily think is the case. I mean, we do technically need, we don't actually technically need to wait for everybody to be done. Uh, You can get your match started right away after the fact. And if your opponent is ready, which I think is what we'll do. I predict that we'll be down to six people at noon. Okay, so from 16 to 6 at noon. And that's if each of these matches takes an hour. So the 9 a.m. match, uh, everybody will play. All 16 players will play. And then the 10 a.m. match, all 16 players will play again. Uh, the, 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 the four matches in the winner's bracket and then the four matches in the loser's bracket. The loser's of those four uh, losers brackets games will be done. And then they'll play at 11 o'clock. The winners of those matches will play against uh, the loser of the other matches on the other side of the bracket at 11. Then there'll be four more people gone. We'll be eliminating eight players before noon. Okay. Which means we'll have six left. Now here's where things get interesting because there is a little bit more of a waiting element um, once we get down to six players. So for example, the, on the quote unquote winners side of the bracket, that your, um, your fourth game takes place at noon. So you played at nine, you won, you played at 10, you won, you played at 11, you won, you played at 12, you won. The winner of that match now waits for, for a couple of hours, potentially depending on how long those matches go, because you are literally waiting for the loser's bracket to play out so that you can then play in the championship game at, if every round still takes an hour, at four o'clock. If you were to lose that game, you have to lose twice. You would then play another game at 5 p.m. If every round takes one hour, it won't. And we go all the way to the end and... Um, and, and we have to play the championship quote unquote twice because it is a double elimination. We'd be out of there at 6 PM after speaking to a few people that feels the preference as opposed to coming back on Sunday, especially when we're only going to be bringing six people back on Sunday, maybe less. So that's where I'm at. Um, and I'm really, 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 really excited about that. The weather looks, honestly, it looks perfect for Saturday. Um, excuse me. And, you know, looking back on how this is all developed, I think we announced this about three months ago. I think I scared, well, I know I scared a few people off 
by making it a two-day tournament. And the way it was marketed, it was marketed as a three-day tournament. So there might have been people, there probably was people, who looked at that and said, three days? Nope, I'm out. When technically that Friday night was, um, again, just that seating reveal show. In the future, I want that to be an event, right? Where we're all getting together, we're all having a couple of drinks, and it's revealed that so-and-so plays so-and-so in the first round. I think that's going to be a blast, right? And I'll analyze the whole bracket. And speaking of the bracket, I want to talk about how we're going to do this again. There are six slots left, and um, maybe less by the time you hear this, because again, people love to wait till the last week, and I, I, that, that's totally fine. I understand. Um, you know, you you want to check the weather. You want to make sure nothing comes up. Um, I, I I I get it. I get it. I, I'm not judging at all. Um, we are going to seed you. Okay. So there's 16 people. Originally, I had planned to seed every person who had played in a puttcraft event. It is looking as though that breakdown is going to be 14 and two. And then those non puttcrafters or non previous puttcrafters were going to be slotted in those final three, four, five, six slots. I don't think it's very fair to put a brand new person in up against Sean Brown right at the start, just because they're new. So we're going to make a very, very minor tweak. With 16 people, this is if we get to 16, which I believe we will, we're going to rank the top eight. And we're going to use all the data available to us, the MCGs, the last year standings, my current rankings, Dred Scott, all of it. All the data that we have available to us, we are going to use to rank the top eight players in the tournament. Nine through 16 will be randomly slotted in, meaning a new person might get a first round matchup against um, the eight seed, or they might get a first round matchup against the one seed. They might get it against the four seed or the six seed. It's there's a little bit of chance to it, which I, I think is a lot more fair. If you know, if it were thirteen and three, or no, excuse me, if it were eleven and five, eleven former or eleven puttcrafters and five non puttcrafters, okay, that's that's a little bit different, right? Because then because then there's a little bit better chance that you're not getting put up against the one seed right off the bat, right off the jump. I, I just don't. I don't, I don't think that's the best system. So let me recap. We will rank you one through eight. Based, or anybody who's played in a puttcraft event will be ranked one through eight. And then we will randomly draw the remainder so, uh, of your first round opponents. So, um, so if you get nine, you'll play against the eight seed. If you get 16, you play against the one seed. If you get 13, you play against the four seed. Okay. A 16 team tournament, <coughs> excuse me, a 16 player tournament is really clean. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I think it's going to, it's going to add a, add a lot, a, a really nice rounded effect. Now, another thing to keep in mind, since we are pushing through on one day is, and I'd mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I'll mention it again, and I'll mention it again on Saturday as well. If you ace a hole and your opponent doesn't, holes over. Okay, 
Previously, I said you can finish it out if you want. Now I'd prefer you didn't. Only because if we're going to be there till 3, 4, 5 in the afternoon, I'd rather not be there unnecessarily longer than we need to. Just like if you're up five holes with four holes to go. We're not going to finish that out because it's not necessary to finish that out. Okay. So we're not going to rush by any means, but we, 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 we do want to be cognizant of the fact that the people who are going to be finishing, you know, in first, second, third place, et cetera, uh, will be there for a, 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 a big, big, big chunk of the day. We will return on Friday with a, oh, let's put it this way. If we get to 16 in the next 48 hours, which I believe we will, we're only six away. We'll do a we'll do a full preview podcast of those sixteen players specifically. Their past um, experience at Eagle Lake, uh, where they struggle, where they're vulnerable, where they're at, where where their advantage is, that whole thing. If we're still scratching and clawing to get to sixteen on Friday afternoon, I don't know how much of an appetite I'm going to have for that. Uh, but I think now that we're trimming it to one day, I think we're going to be totally fine. So we will chat with you all later in the week.